Welcome to the Adaptive Strength Podcast, where we explore the enjoyment of movement to bring about health and happiness. Each fortnight, you will hear practical and inspiring guidance, insightful conversations with coaches and experts, and interviews with everyday athletes on how they are achieving health and happiness in their lives. Now over to your host, Coach Sam. Can you believe we made it to uh, episode two? I can't believe it. We're here. Somehow. And uh, I guess, yeah, how's your week been? Oh, look, Sam, I have been sucked into a vortex at work of busyness. And you know what? All my health priorities go to the bottom of the list as work rises to the top. And it's really not the right way to go about things. And I have a feeling that you're going to give me some really helpful insights today that will make me shift my perspective on that. It's funny you bring that up. And whenever I feel busy, I always think of, Kate, and then I feel instantly less busy and less, less, I guess, load, uh, because what she gets up to is, yeah, is definitely next level. So I've got real, really no excuses. So it's good having Kate, Kate around. It puts things in perspective for me. I don't know if that's a good thing. Which <laughs> It's good for me, man. So today's topic is sort of what to prioritize for your health. And I feel like it's an important one to start with. It's really easy to complicate, but we want to focus on the big rocks and what really matters. There's so much conflicting, confusing information out there when it comes to health. And so it can get really like hard to recognize what information to believe, to apply in your own life. At the end of the day, you just want to improve your health and longevity, but we're all busy. So we don't really have the mental energy and the physical energy to put and, and the time to kind of put towards the endless list of things to do for your health. At Adaptive Strength, we like to focus on what has the biggest impact. And so this episode is a bit of a guide or a bit of a 101 on where should you put your time and energy to prioritize your own life when it comes to your health. I'll pretty much just get straight into it. And I guess health is a bit of an airy-fairy topic so it's important to define. So here at Adaptive Strength, we kind of define health as the ability to adapt and self-manage in the face of social, physical, and emotional challenges. And we really think this is a powerful definition just because of the emphasis on the self-management aspect, which is why we've really adopted it here at Adaptive Strength. And so at the end of the day, we, we strongly believe that the best person to be responsible for your health and longevity is you. And so self-management is key. And this podcast really helps to just give power to you. So with this in mind, shall we get into it? Most people we see here at Adaptive Strength, their priorities for health and longevities are as follows. This is in no particular order. They're all important. But the first one I'll go with is engaging in regular physical activity that meets or exceeds current guidelines. So big surprise, movement is good. That's basically the theme of our first big rock. Our second big rock is another big surprise. It's called uh, eating for health. And we also knew movement's good and nutrition is also super important. The third big rock, and we all know these intuitively, but getting sufficient durations of high quality sleep. Those are the big three 
rocks to really focus on. And um, we're just going to briefly discuss each key point to kind of give you a good starting point. It's not the ultimate resource, but it's really a good place to start with because, like I said, there's so much information out there that it often stops people from actually taking any action. So the first big rock was engaging in regular physical activity. And as I mentioned, I think we all agree moving your body is a good thing. Yet physical activity or inactivity is a really major health problem worldwide. And I brought up some stats, so here we go. It's the fourth greatest global risk factor for death, according to the World Health Organization, right behind high blood pressure, tobacco use, and high blood sugars. And this stat was really quite interesting, more, I guess, locally to Australia, is that only 23% of adults meet the physical activity guidelines. And even more shockingly was the stats on children, only 12%, which was quite surprising for me when I was sort of reviewing some of the stats out there. So yes, what are these guidelines? I like the guidelines because they're sort of like, what's the minimal amount of work I should be doing for my health at the end of the day? And so the guidelines are as follows. The first one here is 150 to 300 minutes per week of moderate intensity aerobic work. That could be broken up however you like, but moderate intensity aerobic work is essentially like going for a 20 minutes brisk walk a day. But of course, it could be activities like playing tennis or, or certain sports, but essentially it's accumulating over the course of a week, at least 150 minutes of, of sort of walking is probably the easiest one to try and strive for. The other option without confusing things with too many numbers is 75 to 150 minutes per week of vigorous intensity aerobic physical activity. So this could be like your interval training or hit training and a lot of other buzzwords out there where it's a bit more intense, which means you don't have to do as much of it. The other factor here, which people often miss here is, is resistance training, all major muscle groups, two or more days a week. So when you look at it, about 50% of Aussies are actually meeting the cardiovascular goals of the walking or moving for 150 minutes a week. It's a bit higher, it's 50%. But what really brought that stat down to 23% was a big drop-off of people not participating in activities to essentially just keep their body strong at the end of the day. We can really overcomplicate it, but as long as you're training all major muscle groups twice a week, you're kind of covering all your bases. So I guess, yeah why are these guidelines such a big deal? And I really like them because it kind of gives you a bit of a target as what's like a good minimal effective dose for like a better health outcomes across a range of conditions, including obesity, health, high blood pressure, diabetes, you name it, it's an endless list. So at the end of the day, if you want the wonder drug, that gives you the target of kind of what to do. So strength training twice a week and then, you know, a little brisk walk daily or you know, a couple times a week accumulating 150 minutes. That would be a great first goal to start for. And only one in four Australians are actually achieving that at the moment. So work to be done. That's our first big rock. I'm going to keep rolling on through these. So the second one, I've kind of called it eating for health. And it's just such a super important factor. I think a lot of people get caught in the trap of eating to lose weight, eating for multiple, I guess, purposes or reasons. But we like more focusing on eating for health. And it's just another topic that's so confusing. It's getting more and more confusing every day. 
there's so many camps in terms of keto, fasting, low fat, you know, they're all good and it just depends on what works for you. There's no real one best way. And the reality is there's a real middle ground in which experts agree upon. And so eating for health, it can be summarized as just choosing to eat nutritious foods that provide your body with the energy and nutrients it needs to function at its best. It's not eating to lose weight. Like I mentioned, it's more about eating so your body can recover and perform at its best and the rest is all happy side effects. So here's some universal principles to consider if nutrition is one of the things you sort of pick to focus on. And I reckon what I'm about to say, you would all know is it's the doing part. that's always the challenge, which we'll talk about later. But here's some universal principles that no matter what kind of diet or regime you're focusing on, that these universal principles should apply. So the first one, and in no particular order, once again, is sort of eating a variety of foods. So that means, you know, eating your fruits, your vegetables, your whole grains, lean proteins and healthy fats. The second point here I had was just limiting processed foods. You know, they're just often, as we know, high in unhealthy fats, added sugars and salts. Uh, these foods can be higher in calories and lower nutrients. So we try to limit them in your diet and Look, I love uh, burgers more than, than anyone else you probably know. So it's sort of just being aware of how often. Number three here is hydration. So drinking enough water is just so crucial for overall health. I think it's like one of those things that's so easy that we often underestimate it. And a good base target would be that eight glasses of water per day. This next one too, actually, is probably the, the thing we end up focusing most on with our community is eating enough protein. It's just so important for building and repairing tissues in your body. And, you know, you can get sources from chicken, fish or tofu or plant-based sources. There's so many options out there, but really trying to have some sort of source of protein at every meal. That and water is probably the two big easiest ones. Well, not necessarily easy, but good starting points to aim for. We've had a client here who's been training for years and, and really over the last three to six months, I've noticed a big shift and change in their body and just looking stronger and fitter and spoke to her and one change that she's really made because she's she's sort of busy like the rest of us but most of the time manages to tick off those two strength sessions a week but the big change was literally just trying to focus on getting some more protein in each of her meals and you can really tell the difference it's sort of made to her body i'll keep rolling on i'll shoot through these last couple points with in terms of eating for health but we got incorporating healthy fats so such as olive oil, avocado, nuts, just well proven to be good for heart health and brain function. Your portions, this is my biggest struggle is I'll just eat whatever's on my plate. But, you know, eating too much of anything, even healthy foods cannot always be the best. So just paying attention to portion sizes is a good tool to have up your sleeve. But lastly, most importantly, you still want to enjoy your food. So eating should be an enjoyable experience. I can't tell you how many people we've had come through who it's actually a major stress point in their life. But then we really want to enjoy and take the time to kind of save your meals. If you're really lost and too much to um, choose from, just focus on one and implement. I guess that's that magic word. I'd really just focus on water and protein as a good, good first step. As I mentioned, we don't really give any strong default recommendations for other methods such as low-carb diets, keto, intermittent fasting. While there's good things about, you know, the current body of research doesn't, doesn't show consistent superiority for these methods over any others. The main challenge is, is consistency. So if you do choose to go for one of those methods, the main goal is still be making sure you're getting enough protein, drinking enough water and incorporating all those points I mentioned earlier. And... I guess, finding that you can be consistent over the long term. 
because uh, if you're struggling to be consistent with it, it might be worth reevaluating your options when you when you're trying things like intermittent fasting. I think that is absolutely fabulous, and I can really relate to the first two points that you've put here. So for the exercise one, I'm really busy at work. I'm doing minimum my ten thousand steps a day, and what you were saying about you know your minimum twenty minute brisk walk. Yeah, okay, I'm doing that running around the office, running around my workplace, everything like that, but I'm not doing that resistance training. And I've really noticed a significant drop in my overall strength. So while I'm active, my strength is dwindling as that balance is out of whack. With the food, that was really interesting as well. So the one thing I'm doing well in this really busy period is having a realistic approach to nutrition to get as much balance as possible. And I'm sure a lot of listeners can relate to this. You get busy, you shove food down, you keep going in your busyness. And it's so easy to lose mindfulness around food. There are so many good, healthier, protein-packed meals that you can get at the supermarket now that is protein, some grains, and some veg. And again, we'd all love to be able to have a beautiful home-cooked meal that's nice and balanced. But when you're really busy and you don't have time, you can pull in strategies like that and it's better than doing nothing or just getting takeaway. So I feel like I I found a reasonable balance, not perfect, but not bad either. What do you think about that like that, like being able to find balances like that to bring into a busy period of time where you can't put a high degree of diligence around nutrition? Yeah, exactly. I think that's kind of... So I guess important to talk about because people often wait until they do have time for these things. They wait until they have time for exercise or they wait until they have time to be able to focus on their nutrition. But you want to be able to implement these strategies when you're at your busiest, because if you can do it when you're at your busiest, you're going to be find it so much easy when you do have the time. So I think what does it look like day to day will be different for everybody, but you know, and that's something we'll, we'll definitely talk more about is what different people do here. You know, we have so many different type of managers and business owners and all sorts of people come through that I guess that the challenge is trying to find a way to implement this stuff when you are busy, because if you can, if you can achieve that, it's going to be so much easier when you, when you magically happen to have the time, because I know that will come one day, I'm sure. <laughs> There's one more last little key point and another one is something we all intuitively know is getting sufficient durations of high quality sleep. I won't name them, but I'm just thinking of another guy who comes by the gym. Well, this might give him away a little bit because he's usually here waiting for me when I get here at 5.15, 5.20 a.m. in the morning. He's not the best sleeper. He is another one of those guys who's got a young family and running big business, and so he's busy. But he, you know, he gets here, he gets his training. You know, he's actually one of our most consistent trainers, but something he's making a priority on is his sleep, and it's actually been amazing when he does have a good sleep it's like he's turned into Superman the next morning. The output from his training is incredibly different. And the only difference was is putting in some strategies to try and uh, consistently achieve that better night's sleep. And it just goes to show from a performance point of view in the gym, but I'm sure it's also the same when you're at work or whatever else you have going on in your life is that we, we just can't, you know, the, the best hack is probably <laughs> working on your sleep. And so, yes, we all know it's so important for a variety of reasons. And um, 
reckon speaking to most of our members, it's probably like a bit of an epidemic out there. And I'd say there's hardly anyone meeting the minimum guidelines. And I, it's rare to meet someone who comes in and says they had a real restful night's sleep consistently. So here's some good sleep habits or sleep hygiene ideas. And one, one of them, I guess, is talked about often is maintaining a consistent bedtime and awakening time. Yes, sadly, avoiding alcohol or caffeine for sort of four to six hours before bedtime is definitely very helpful. Making sure your environment, so you have a cool temperature, adequate ventilation in the bedroom, you know, going with that, you want to kind of block out any distracting light and really reserve the bed for sleep, mostly sleep. So try not use it for work or watching TV or other electronics. You want to kind of make it habitual that when you, you know, for me, as soon as I lay in bed, I'm almost conking out straight away lately, but I'm sure that will change. Establish a pre-sleep ritual. So this could look different for anyone. Something I'm personally trying lately is just trying to shut off watching shows a little bit earlier because I feel less kind of rushed when I'm trying to go to bed. Like I'm like not rushing, trying to make my breakfast. I'm not rushing, trying to get to bed at a decent hour. So that's sort of pre-sleep ritual. And look, if you're really struggling with your sleep, there's there's plenty of appropriate specialists out there that can actually really help. So feel free to reach out to us and I can point you in the right direction of some professionals who this is what they really specialize in that can, can kind of help get you in the right path. So those are our big free rocks that we like to focus on here at Adaptive Shrimp when looking to you know where to prioritize for your health. I'd really just focus on one which you think is either the easiest to work on or maybe it's the weakest link and start there. So yeah, what do you think? Which areas of your life do you feel need the most work? Remember, we're here to help if you have any questions. Good luck on your journey to better health and longevity. At the end of the day, that's, that's what we train for. And until next time. Don't forget to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify or your favourite podcast player. We would love you to leave a review, which will help us share our enjoyment of movement with more people. Learn more about Adaptive Strength by searching for Adaptive Strength on social media or by visiting our website at www.adaptivestrength.com.au. This podcast is recorded on Wajak Noongar Buja, and we acknowledge the traditional custodians of the unceded lands on which we live, learn and work and pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging.